Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's Instech podcast. Guests today are Oliver McGuinness, who's the CEO of Right in Dem. Hi, Oliver. Hi, Robin. And Tim Rentkin, he's the managing director of AA Assist. Tim, thanks for joining us. Good morning. Now, I'm going to have a go, Oliver, describing what Right in Dem does, and, and you can critique this if you like. Right in Dem is a digital self service insurance claims platform, which is used across multiple insurance verticals. It captures claims data through a configurable query journey and allows the upload of documents, photos, and videos. It's being used across PNC, with most of your customers being household and in the motor space. The purpose of it is to give the customers a better experience, and from an insurance point of view, to make insurers more productive and to reduce their costs. How many marks out of 10 for that? It's a good nine and a half. And do you fancy joining the team? No, no, spot on. Now, you've been the CEO for three years. What were you doing before that? So <laughs> I guess like many people fell into insurance, uh, actually a good friend from school, his dad had a loss adjusting business. And I used to work there in the, the summers in university and then actually joined that way back when. And after that, I joined the innovation group. That was a large business process outsourcing and technology provider. I guess many of the listeners will have heard of that business. And when that sold out into Carlisle Group, I exited and, and have been in claims since and, and joined Writing Dem in 2019. Now, I don't know how to put this diplomatically, but those of us who've been in the insurtech space for a while know that Writing Dem, when you joined, was in need of some assistance, if I can put it that way. You've been there three years. It seems to be pretty robust. What have you done in that three years and, and what changes have you made? Maybe the best way of reframing where the business was, back in the first accelerators, the startup bootcamp, first cohort, I think, in London, right in Dem, and its two co-founders, David Stubbs and Graham Blaney, were an integral part of that, that program. And the business had some great early traction solving niche problems across the, the claims value chain, I would say, but real focus in motor total loss. The business had a, a bit of a turbulent time when Graham sadly passed away. Some of the Instech community will remember that. And I was asked to come in and look at how we turn the problem-solving solutions that the business was building into a repeatable and scalable software company. And that's really what we focused on, focusing on solving a single problem, doing it really well, and being fast at doing it. So let's work on what that problem is. You've had a chance to talk to a lot of insurers. You, you understand what those insurers want. Presumably, you've aligned your proposition with a need. What do you think insurers are looking for from their claims technology? And what have you done to reflect that? Sure. I think as you look across the claims value chain, a few comments, maybe claims are complex. There are now niche solutions solving problems right the way across the claims value chain from fraud to estimatics to payments to service integrations, body shop networks, and so on and so forth. And the big problem for insurers is how do you stitch that all together into a seamless customer experience? I don't think technology is a problem anymore. I think adoption and orchestration of technology is the problem that we're trying to solve what we wanted to do. We wanted to build the entry point for customers to report claims digitally, do that in a really consistent way, capture a high degree of both structured and unstructured data, and then learn how to use that. How do we use that most effectively? And that I think we're focusing on more and more now is how do we orchestrate third-party tools, data enrichment services, 
so that the insurer doesn't have to. Now, we have a ban here on acronyms and very complex technical terms. So you're going to have to tell everyone what estimatics is. So some of the computer vision businesses like Tractable, taking images of vehicles, automatically assessing damage and repair and replacement options. So estimatics would be that. There's a lot of people who are going to listen to this and they're going to take that one and they're going to remember that they heard it here first. Hello, Matthew Grant here. And just a quick one for me, jumping in as I'm listening to Robin Merton's chatting to Oliver this week. Well, at Instep, we've spoken to well over 500 companies in the last couple of years, new and old. Now, not all companies end up where they started. And a pivot or change of focus is something we've been hearing about from quite a few of those organizations founded in the last 10 years. Well, the proposition may change, new management gets involved, but many of those companies do survive and often come through the experience stronger and with great prospects for growth. So we're delighted to be supported by Oliver and his team at Writendem. Hang in there to the end if you want to learn more about how we at Instag are supporting companies, both technology and insurers. But for now, back to Robin and Oliver. Tim, over to you. You run AA Assist. For those of our listeners who are overseas, that stands for the Automobile Association. It's an absolutely British institution. Everybody in the UK knows all about it. And it's been providing roadside assistance for over 100 years. The bit that we're really, really interested in is, is your insurance business. How did you get into that? Have you been a motorman all your life? Well, thanks, Robin. My claim to fame is I've got an agriculture degree in um, soil and land resource science. So I saw the light after about four years and joined Ford Motor Company. So I did most of my management training through Ford and then went into vehicle leasing and there into insurance and became a sort of claims expert probably about 30 years ago. So when I came into the AA, there was an opportunity to set up the claims business within the AA and bring in-house all our claims expertise into one centre of excellence. So I joined the AA only four and a half years ago and set up Accident Assist, as it's now known, as part of the broader AA services that is now not just breakdown anymore. In a line or two, what's AA Assist? So Accident Assist is about helping not just our insurance customers, but also our members after an accident. So we take the first notification of loss call if a customer or an insurance customer has an accident. And we look after that customer, whether they're underwritten by our own in-house underwriter or one of our panel members, or indeed they're just one of our members who isn't insured with us. We look after them and liaise with their insurance company to make sure they have mobility, make sure they get home safely, they're recovered from the side of the road if they need recovery, and make sure that their vehicle is, is properly and correctly repaired. So you told me before that through those two channels, your insurance channel and your member channel, you're handling about 90,000 claims a year. Tell us a bit about the claims side of the business. You know, what tech have you got? What have you done? How have you become good at that? So no organisation gets good at claims without expertise. So part of us bringing our claims in-house was gather together real domain experts from around the industry. So across our business, we, we have managed over the past three or four years to bring together a cohort of real experts 
from everything from total loss experts when your vehicle's written off through to fraud experts and so on and so forth. So we now got in-house over 400 people who look after both motor and home claims, all in-house based in Royal Tunbridge Wells. And we have a full 24-7-365 service for our customers and our members that looks after them. If they have a, a claim, they've got one place to go, which is the AA. And then presumably there's a technology requirement that underpins that. Tell us what the process was and why writing them. So one of our challenges as an insurance industry is that we haven't got a great reputation for customer service after event of a, of a claim. And, and one area that at the AA we thought we could do better than the rest of the market. Most insurers, including ourselves, set off with a claim system, which is a workflow system, but all our claims were notified by telephone, which meant that with seasonal peaks and troughs and weather events, that you get surges of claims coming through at peak times. And however many staff you have manning the phone lines, you never can answer all the calls at the same time. And one of our other thoughts was that with a younger generation coming through the pipeline, they don't necessarily want to pick up the phone and speak to an insurer for 20 or 25 minutes on the phone. If you look at how they transact now, a lot more is done digitally, be it your Amazon order or other goods and services. So why can't you notify us of an accident or a claim by electronic means? So we've come at this project from a point of view of how can we improve what is generally out in the marketplace, one, and secondly, how can we have a customer-centric service that's really intuitive to use and also gives a better, what we call, customer journey? Well, it sounds like you've become a sort of specialist eFnol provider. Is that right? And can you build a, a whole business around doing that? Hang on, just pushing pause there. Now, for those of you that don't speak claims, Fnol, that's F-N-O-L, refers to first notification of loss. That's when someone tells their insurer they're going to make a claim. And now, in our increasingly digital world, we hear about EFNOL. That's electronic first notification of loss. So now you know. Okay, back to Oliver. Yeah, I think what was important for me is what do we want to become known for? Because the complexity around the claims technology space is it's huge. You can't solve all of those problems. And so as an early stage business, you you have to pick the thing that you're going to scale the business upon. And for me, that was, you know, all of the macro trends point towards higher digital engagement, lower analog usage in, but equally for that to be successful, the tools need to be good enough for a customer to divert away from the phone and actually engage rather than in a frustrating cycle of an endless chatbot loop, if you will. So for us, it was it was all about sitting at the top of the funnel, the platform that customers interact with at first notification of loss. And what that does for us is enables us to, to do two things, standardize a high quality of reported data, because as we all hear, claims automation, straight through processing, all of the, the trends that dominate most of the market analytics reports right now, for those things to be enabled in 
the commodity space, the PNC space, you need high quality data input. So from a as a digital claims provider, the view was let's get really good at doing this. Let's be where customers are. And in fact, being where customers are is probably the most important factor. And when we were considering how we build the platform, it was, you know, whatever channels our clients use to engage digitally with their customers, let's make sure our platform can integrate with those, be it chat window, on a website, through WhatsApp, Facebook Messenger, whatever it is, let's make sure that our platform is consistent and allows customers to to report in a way that is easy for them to do. So we've built a, a business out of being that point of entry, but that's only the first stage. What is beyond DFNOL or how you turn data capture into claims automation is the bigger challenge. Great to have Tim on the, on the call because he has a shared vision, which is of taking incremental steps to get to a fully automated service provision. And that, that's what we're doing. But we're not trying to do it alone. It takes a lot of partners in claims to make the customer have a good experience. It's not all about EFNL. Thank you. That leads very neatly into my next question, which is all about ecosystems. And you very kindly participated in a report that we wrote last year called Admin Systems to Ecosystems. And our observation in there was that most industries and businesses and platforms no longer exist as a single self-reliant entity, but part as a of a wider ecosystem, and they increasingly share resources, ideas, technologies, services, and so on to, to, you know, to create mutual growth. That has to be your business going forward. You've mentioned it a couple of times. We've mentioned orchestration. Is that what you're seeing? And then how will you ensure that Writing-Dem plays its part in that ecosystem? Yeah, I, I think it's spot on. It is certainly the future as we see it. I don't think we're all quite there yet. I think we've got some way to go. There are plenty of solutions that need to fulfill and repair and replace customers' homes and possessions that don't exist in these ecosystems. That That is, a, I think, a state of the nation, but we are certainly going down that path. I think right now, a lot of carriers will be looking at their supply chains and building their own ecosystems out of their supply chain vendors with some of their, their core tech providers or providers like us. And that's certainly the approach that DAA have taken and Tim has taken. But getting to a place where ecosystems are groups of organizations that are working together and approaching carriers, I don't see that yet in the market. That's an interesting move that that we'd like to see. Yeah, I agree. It still lies ahead, that one. Tim, for you, there's no way somebody like you is thinking, so I've got a digital experience for my customers, I can leave it there. What's your vision? What What next? So our insurance business, Robin, is growing and growing fast and it's really good shape. And just looking at our historical ways of trading just aren't fit for purpose looking forward, as Oliver said. So, you know, we need to decide on how do we grow, bearing in mind the wider macroeconomic challenges that that we've got. So... EFNOL is only the start, as you rightly say, Robin, of what we're looking at. But we've looked at it very differently than many other people. So some people are looking at digital adoption as saving costs, saving internal operating expenses. We're not. We're looking at it from a customer lens and saying, how can we serve customers better than the rest of the industry does today? So you're absolutely right. We're only at the start of 
what we want to put into place. But keeping customers up to date during the progress of their claim through what could be quite an elongated repair cycle and sorting out liability with the other third party that that's had the accident potentially with is all part of where we're going with this. So we see ethanol or e-ethanol in this case as a really critical start of the 10 to get right. And then the next stages of the claim will follow, which is all about keeping customers up to date during the, the progress of their claim through the claim cycle. So, yeah, we've got a long way to go still, but incremental building steps whilst we test and learn what works, what doesn't work, how to change as we build a really customer-centric model. Well, I've got you as a slightly unplanned question, but, but it's come across my desk quite a lot recently. You mentioned earlier that your traditional model was call centres and people would ring you up and, and have a reasonably suboptimal experience in trying to notify a claim, and you've invested considerable amounts of money in putting that right. Other insurers have commented to me that they were expecting, once they had a digital channel, for there to be widespread adoption of it. Are you seeing that, or that people who used to ring you, do they still ring you? And have you just now got another channel to run and the costs associated with that to take care of? Yeah, it's a, it's a good call, Robin. I think anybody expecting to build a digital channel, turn the lights on, and expecting a huge percentage of people to suddenly use it are slightly deluded in their thinking. You've got to make sure the digital channel works and is a better experience than picking up the phone, one. And secondly, you've got to look at the natural place to go for a customer post, if like, the initial notification of loss. Because you're right, certain customers are looking at, yes, I can report digitally, but then on in, I need to ring the insurer to get a progress update of my claim. You've actually got to build the whole journey, ultimately, in that digital space for it to be a full end-to-end experience that customers these days expect. You can track your Amazon parcel online. Why can't you track your motor repair online without having to ring in? So the digital journey that you you present needs to be really good and it needs to be customer-centric and intuitive to use. And quite a lot of the digital journeys that some insurers have put in place are quite complex. They're not easy to use. They take a long time. And part way through, by the time you've got halfway through, you say, oh, sorry, I'm just going to ring the insurer anyway. I got very grumpy with my motor insurer because I could do everything digitally. And then I needed to add my son-in-law as a driver during lockdown. And of course, I, they, I can't do that digitally. I had to ring them up. So I, I, you know, I've got a half a digital experience and half a phone experience. And that, that's no, just no. <laughs> so Oliver, back to you. If you read a lot of the insure tech type press, you're seeing a lot now around new propositions for claims automation. What's your view of claims automation? A big thing? And, and if so, kind of what can you automate? What can't you automate? How will it feature in your future thinking? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. I think as an industry, we're more in a state of augmentation rather than automation, to, to be honest, which I don't think is a bad thing. But if I break it down into a couple of parts, from a the high volume commodity, relatively low volume 
claims the gadgets, the contents, the relatively simple stuff, first-party motor, those kind of things, I think are the use cases that a lot of people are taking to market to build out more complex capability. And is automation a thing there? For sure. I think you can put together a very slick, integrated customer experience that gets gets a customer from A to B. But if you if you think about the things that really are intrusive into someone's daily lives, a large escape of water loss or a vehicle with multiple parties, then the answer is no. And that's why for me at scale right now, it's about augmentation because we've got a declining capability in claims skill and the role of technology in this space has to be to augment the handler in those claims because you're not going to automate those, at least not in the near term. I tend to say this a lot, is that just because it can be automated doesn't mean that it should, where you're forcing the customer down a digital route and they cannot get from A to B and do the thing that they want, then that's going to really drive people crazy. There's a real need to balance the role of technology with the capability of our people. But in many cases where you need to put your arms around the customer because it's the worst day that they're having, then that's why augmentation for me is is the role that we're playing right now. There's one more factor I want to talk to you both about here, which is the whole issue of data. We haven't talked about this, but I know from talking to you and, and others, the other great a benefit of eethanol is the whole ability to capture a high quality data set right at the start of the process both about the customer and about the incident and then there's a sort of a series of spin-off benefits that derive from that tell me about your thinking there Oliver starting with you how do you leverage that effectively for the benefit of your customers a consistently rich data set is imperative for the route to claims automation, if that's the right route for the customer experience. If you look at traditional analog processes where the 20 to 30 minute EFNOL call would have a handler taking notes and triggering the appointment of a supplier who had DA and the claim would run off down the supply chain and then come back through a bordero for payment and so on, like all of that data is lost. But as you rightly pointed out, providing a consistently rich set of data, both structured and unstructured. I mean, we use that um, whilst the customer is going through the journey to push it to third parties. could be weather validation. It could be a content partner to go and give us a current live price of a particular gadget, as an example. It could be pushing an API call to a body shop to give us the nearest body shop to Tim's house, triggering those services without the need for human involvement whilst the customer is in the journey. That's what that data set does. Over time, when you've got a sufficiently large enough data set, then that that becomes incredibly powerful for the general topic of claims automation. Tim, you've already mentioned you know putting the customer first in what you're investing in, and clearly you're at the start of some considerable investment program. What's the end game? How do you see it now? Yeah, just building really on on some of the points Oliver made. I think. If you think about most customers these days, they buy their insurance, be it household or motor, using a price comparison website. So, A, when you actually talk to customers, most people don't these days know who their actual insurer is uh, because they change and maybe they're in a multi-car 
vehicle household, and they might have multiple policies with, with different providers. So our journey is it doesn't matter who you're insured with. The service is consistent, as in we're here to provide a high-level, consistent service, no matter who you're insured with. I think that's, that's really important for customers. And then secondly, going back to the opportunity I think it presents using the digital channels is using digital for the things it does best. So consistency of data capture, as, as Oliver's already said, things like supplier deployment, so that it automatically finds your la- local garage repairer with capacity that you can place your car with that has an AA accreditation. The technology is really good at, at that sort of thing. And then use our own subject experts in areas where they can add their own domain expertise. And we've talked about some of those earlier on. So basically freeing our own staff up to do the things that can add value and save money or deliver a better service and using the technology for doing the routine things consistently and well and taking the hassle away from customers routing through their drawer to find out who they're insured with. All they need to do is call the AA. And I think, you know, that is the opportunity for us and why we've invested really heavily in this technology, because the AA has an opportunity to become that independent, high-quality, trusted service provider. And once you have better data sets, any plans to sell other products? Any thoughts on where you might go next with a with a customer base you've got? Yeah, so, you know, the AA is a very rich motor services business now. It, it's not just a breakdown as it, it used to be known as. We're the biggest driving school in the country with AA driving school and BSM. So you can see young drivers there. So pass their test with us. Why don't we insure them? Because we know them and we can link in the technology through to that side of it. We can look at driving habits and then also service maintenance repair. And we have got our own service maintenance repair business. So we can look after the vehicle during its life cycle because an accident is a big event. It probably only happens to most people once in every 10 or 15 years. But there is a lot through your driving life that you have with the AA that we can use our data for to help our customers and members. Yeah, I I wish accidents did only happen with that frequency. My young children have skewed the stats a bit over the last decade or so. (laughs) Look, that was really enjoyable. Thank you, both of you. I really enjoy talking about these things, particularly from people on the front line who have, you know, a real experience about what's going on. I hope to see you at Intertech events anytime soon. For those who don't know, we've got a big event on claims coming up on the 21st of March, and we very much hope both Tim and Oliver will be there and and any of the listeners too. Thanks, everyone. Well, if you enjoyed that, then please do tell us what you think here or wherever you listen on your podcast or LinkedIn or any other way you can find us. Now, if you're in insurance and want to learn more about the technology partners that can help you, or if you're building a technology business yourself, then we can also help you reach out to your market insurers and everybody else. And if you're not already a member of Instec, then the chances are we can help you reach your goals this year. Contact Robin Mertens or I, Matthew Grant, on LinkedIn or any of us. Hello at instec.co. 
Now, lots of live events coming up in 2023, so keep an eye out on www.instec.co for events and reports and everything else if you don't want to miss out. That's it. We're done.